costume ready? You know, I I have not done any Halloweening for several years. I was going to ask that. Actually, I wanted to legitimately know. Do you remember the last time you wore a costume for Halloween? Because I don't. I can't remember when I did. I don't dress up for Halloween. Well, see, I never did as a kid. As a kid, you never did. No, we did not do trick or treating. There was some You're of it so done. Deprived. There was some. Oh, I didn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was some of it done in the neighborhood. We yeah. lived. We lived out in the country. Right. And uh, we didn't really bother to do that. That's well. That's, you know, you turned out okay. Yeah, and like I said, it was it was not a big deal. I pretty regularly regularly dressed as a clown as a kid, which that makes a lot of sense. I know. I, <laughs> we used the same costume a lot over and over again. Uh, was it? You know, some people are scared of clowns. No, I wasn't a scary clown. You're, you're, I was, you're not like in the movie It. No. Oh, I, I did like that movie, though. I tried to read that book once. It's too many. It, I love to read. I, I, I love the book. Did you read the Obviously, whole thing? Obviously, if you didn't like it, I liked it. It's very long. Oh, it's but so I'll, long. I'll tell you the reason I liked it is because most of it is flashback. Yes. And it was the same era in which I was growing up. So you could like you could get into that. Well, I, I mean, it wasn't my experience at all. But yeah, I, I love the, that part of these kids yep. back, back in uh, maybe the 1950s, 60s, somewhere in there. Sure. Well, I found, not that he cares about my opinion, but Stephen King sometimes is the king of details that I don't really care about. <laughs> uh, I, but, I agree with you. He doesn't care about your opinion. He doesn't, not whatsoever. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. This uh, is a book review day today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael and Father here. Uh, I'm dressed as myself and you're dressed as yourself so no costumes here today no. well but it's it's still it's still early it's not halloween we're getting well it's coming up next week and uh real quick because some people will ask usually november 1st is a holy day of obligation for the feast of all saints but this year it is still the feast of all saints but it's, we still celebrate it yeah in fact for those who don't know halloween all hallows eve yeah would not exist if you did not have all hallows day. Correct. And the word hallow is holy. Right. Holy is saint. So all saints day, the eve before is Halloween. So good. Okay. Now you can go into all the traditions of the Druids and all that stuff, but that's, that got imposed into, onto that day. But the reality is all saints day is a holy day. There, there are six holy days in the Catholic church. Um, and the general rule is they are treated like a Sunday. Yes. So days of obligation for mass attendance and should be treated as a, almost a day of celebration where you refrain from work. Well, in the old world, that you could do that right. when maybe you were working on your own. But nowadays, you can't call the boss and say, it's a holy day, so I'm not coming in. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely can't say that with So you. the holy days would be uh, August 15th, the Feast of the Assumption. Yes. All Saints Day. Which November. was a Sunday this year. Yeah. Uh, All Saints Day, which is a Monday. Immaculate Conception, uh, which this week, this year, I believe is a Wednesday. Uh, Christmas, of course. The Motherhood of Mary, which is also January 1st. It's the close of the octave of Christmas. Yep. And the final one is the Feast of the Ascension, Ascension Thursday. But that has been basically moved to the subsequent Sunday. And people always say, well, what about Easter? Well, Easter is always a Sunday. That one yeah. is fairly predictable. Yeah. Okay. So the norm is because of the difficulty for people to attend mass or d the d doubling up on masses. Mm -hmm. If the Holy Day comes on a Saturday or a Monday, 
it's a day without obligation. Yeah. Except. 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 There's two two exceptions or three exceptions. Mm-hmm. If it's Christmas and this year Christmas is a Saturday. Saturday. So it's still a day of obligation. So is the subsequent day, December 26th. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to just spend so much time it's, together. And then As you can tell he's really excited about I, it, folks. Well, I, it's always fun spending time with you, but that's I was kind pic- of picturing spending time with the parishioners. Oh, and that's great. That's fine, too. The other exception is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, because Mary, as the Immaculate Conception, is considered the patroness of the United States. So consequently, that mm-hmm. is still a day of obligation, even if it's a Saturday or a Monday. So that all of that just complicates things. This was people. a great lesson in Holy Days of Obligation. And people don't always realize Holy Days of Obligation are declared by individual countries. Right. So the Days of Obligation in the United States might not be the same as some other countries. I was in, I think, the country of Colombia uh, when there was a Holy Day of Obligation there mm-hmm. that was not celebrated as a Day of Obligation here. Do you remember what it was? I'm I curious. Do, I don't. I know it was during the summer, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Interesting. And then when I was in um, Ecuador a few years ago, it was the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul, which is at the end of June. And that was held up as like a major feast day. So I don't know if it's a day of obligation or not, but it, it also happened to be on a, a Sunday. Okay, uh, this is a random question. Yes. You may not know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. If I'm in another country that has a holy day of obligation, am and I? The, yes. Uh, is the obligation there for me to attend mass? Yes, because you are in that country. What if I'm in a country that doesn't have a day of obligation on a day that is obligated in my country? The same thing. I'm still you, obligated. You, you, no, you are according to where you happen to be. Oh, so I just go with the rules of where I am. Yes. Okay. See. There we go. I'm not traveling to another country anytime soon. So. Just, just to avoid a, a holiday? <laughs> yeah, that's a little to, much. Yeah, that's, that's at all costs. All right, let's get into the gospel for this week. We are still cruising through the 10th chapter of Mark, and you're going to ask me how many chapters I wasn't are going Mark? to ask oh, you this, ask week this week because everybody out there at one in one voice, everybody's going to answer how many chapters there are. There are. We're going to just leave silence for them to answer. Go ahead, everyone. Perfect. You got I, it heard, right. I heard them say 16. There you go. <laughs> There you go. But I'll tell you what. Uh, this is the end of our reading from chapter 10. This is it. This is it, folks. This uh, is our farewell. To chapter 10. Yep. Um, I think I'm going to read the whole thing. Go may, ahead. May I? Please. I, I love reading about Bartimaeus. I wonder what he went by as a kid. Bart. Bart. Timaeus. No, just Bart. Not Timaeus. That's a weird. B- BT. <laughs> I think it's time to read. <laughs> okay. As Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. On hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept calling out all the more, Son of David, have pity on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up, Jesus is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, 
Master, I want to see. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has saved you. Immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. Now, I have to say right off the top, mm-hmm. this is one of those translations where they're a little too literal with the, the personal pronouns. So you always are confused about who's following whom. You know, um, it says, so call him, take courage. And it says, he threw aside his cloak. Now we're talking about Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak, not but, it, but it's not really clear. Sure. And then later on it says, go your way, your faith has saved you. And it says, immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. Again, it was he being Marta, Bartimaeus received his sight sure. and followed him, Jesus. Right. But the, the personal pronouns sometimes are not really clear, but it's the way it's translated. And it's because in, in the Greek, it is a lot more obvious. So anyway, I think this is one of these passages where every single line counts. And I want to just go through it almost line by line. Okay. Jesus is leaving Jericho. Okay, that means we've had this march from Jesus leaving the north country, Galilee, where he lived. Yeah. Remember just a few weeks ago, he was in Capernaum, Mm -hmm. but then he worked his way down, Mm -hmm. and now he's in Jericho. Jericho is way down, uh, not far from the Dead Sea, so he's actually already getting pretty close to Jerusalem. That's where Joshua fought the battle. Many generations before that. Yes. I just know the song. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Yeah, you know that song? Yeah. Okay. And, the, and the walls came tumbling down. And the down. walls came tumbling down. All right. Yeah. I don't know if we're legally allowed to sing songs. That one might not be copywritten. I don't know. Keep oh. going. I don't know. if I. Well, you worry about things like that. I but, don't. Okay. Right, keep going. <laughs> now, Bartimaeus... A blind man, the son of Timaeus. Yeah, Bar simply means son of. Okay. So, so he's what, the son wh- of Timaeus. What was your father's first name? Rob. Okay. You're, so you're, my name you're, would be Barab. Was it Robin or Rob? My father's name was Robin. So you're Bar Robin. Okay. Th- you must call me that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, Bar Timaeus, son of Timaeus, blind man. Okay. Now, you have to be very... Conscious that when they talk about blind, it is always both literal and figurative. Okay. So he he was blind. Blind also meant unable to earn a living. So consequently, he had to become a beggar. Okay. And what's the most important thing a beggar has? Their place along the road. They they have they have it kind of staked out. This is where they beg. Okay. And they have a cloak. They lie, lay out the cloak. So that when people toss coins, they end up in the cloak. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, and they can usually tell if the if people are tossing coins. And it was a requirement that people give alms, give to the poor. Okay. So that was their source of income. That was an expectation. Okay. So at the end of the day, they would gather up the, the cloak, uh, maybe the four corners and pull it together. Mm-hmm. And that would be their earnings of the day. So having that cloak laid out like that is extremely important. Keep that in mind as we go through. All right. Okay, so he's blind, but it's also the question is, is he also blind to faith? You know, we even talk about the eyes of faith. Could he see? Mm-hmm. So this is this whole passage is about his ability to see Jesus as a man uh, uh, through the eyes of faith, sure. as, as a man who is looking for uh, the Lord and not just looking for sight. 
So on hearing that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he doesn't say, hey, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, help me. He cries out, son of David, have pity on me. Yes. So son of David. So he's already made a leap of faith. He's saying, oh, the son of David means he's the Messiah. The chosen Because uh, the Messiah was to be born in the family of David. Now, it's interesting. He was called the Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth is not the city of David. Bethlehem is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so this man had already made the leap. But many, I love the disciples. You know, we pick on the disciples because they, they are the every man for us. They, oh, yeah. they, they do what all of us do. They make us feel better. About ourselves. Right. Yep. <laughs> so they rebuked him. Keep quiet. They, they, you know, he's like, you don't want to mess up. Uh, Jesus is talking along the road. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't want to miss a word he says. Right. But Jesus has no problem with this. So that he kept calling out all the louder. And he kept saying the same line. And you're going to say it again. Son of David, have pity on me. You say that well, but you shouldn't say it louder. Son of David, have pity on me. Oh, yeah, but on pity on you. Okay. So <laughs> Jesus stopped. Jesus heard it. And sometimes we have to cry out more than once. Yeah. Jesus said, okay, call him. Now those same disciples who had already been saying, be quiet, be quiet. Now they come to him and said, oh, come on and take courage. There's nothing to be afraid of. Talk about changing your tune, guys. Yeah. So here's the, the line I love. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, threw aside his cloak. It the, had all those coins on it. The valuable cloak. The value, the, yeah, the cloak that had some coins. His lifeline. He, he threw it aside, and probably some of those coins went rolling across the road, never to be found again. Mm-hmm. He, threw the, he threw it aside, sprang up, and came to Jesus. What an incredible line. It's a very visual sentence. Yeah. There's it, a lot of action. There's a lot of action. It, you know, uh, the, the sculptor who did all of our work in our church, Tim Schmalls, Tim Schmalls. He, he, you and I were up at his studio up at St. James village up in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he told us, he, he likes to carve statues with action. Yes. And I can picture him doing this. There's movement. This would be, there'd be movement, you know, throwing aside his cloak. Yeah. And he'd probably even have the coins rolling somehow. As a great example, just think of two of the pieces in church. You know, the the statue of the Holy Family. There's literal movement in the They're holding up Jesus. Right. Uh, And then also in the statue of John the 23rd, that that physical opening of the windows. Yeah, Uh, the pulling, opening the shutters of the windows. Right. Two, Two great visuals. So he threw aside the cloak. And then, even then, though, Jesus does not presume. How many times we sort of presume we know what somebody wants of us? I would say we probably do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Says, Jesus said, what do you really want me to do for you? Now, that I, th- I put in the word really. Yeah. But, but basically. What <laughs> that you, was a Father Herb paraphrase. Uh, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man replied, I want to see. Now, here's the irony. I want to see, but he's already seen. Mm-hmm. With faith, he has already seen. He saw something the disciples couldn't see. He probably saw what all of us would like to see. Mm. Namely, Jesus is the son of David. And that was what a lot of people at that time were not seeing or recognizing. Exactly. I think this is a great question that we can even reflect 
you know, if Jesus were to say to us, what do you want me to do for you? How would we respond? That is a wonderful question. What would, how, how would we answer that? I say, Lord, what do you want? What do I want you to do for me? Uh, if I could only get a podcast that was 24 minutes, not no, 23 no. <laughs> minutes. <laughs> no, you know what? Yeah. We can we can say many frivolous things sure. like Lord give us a new music director, but uh, I won't say <laughs> Please, that. Please, Lord, no, I won't say that. But what I, if I were being really honest, what would I ask of the Lord? I'd probably say, um, give me the courage, probably the courage and wisdom. Those two I go go together uh, for me. Yeah, the wisdom to know what is the right thing to say and do and the courage to do it mm. in a position of leadership. We talked last week about the, the kind of leader that avails themselves for the, the good of all. Sure. Uh, it, it's really, I would, I would pray that I, I don't have to worry about popularity or don't want to worry about popularity or keeping everybody happy. Mm-hmm. Boy, is that ever a pitfall for sure. a leader? Like, you know, some, some pastors I know, they get hate letters from parishioners. I fortunately I never have. I've I've got a few people that have been disappointed or they get they get angry at something and whether it's about me or not is yeah. uh, but then they get over it. But some people just plain get hate letters and I don't know how anybody can really do that. But if you're on the receiving end, that just washes out the whole foundation beneath your feet. You feel like you're standing on sand and the sand isn't there anymore. Yeah. I think too that we, I, one of the probably the most valuable things I've learned in working in church ministry is that you'll never please everyone, and that's okay. It's just not possible. Not at, every, at, at the same time, you don't go out of your way to be unpleasant. Correct. Which I try not to do most days. Yeah. Right. I know that I yeah. offend you most days, though. Oh, never, that, <laughs> never. Um, so anyway, a great question to maybe reflect on this week: If Jesus were to say to us, "What do you want me to do for you?" How would we answer? And, and, I, and he replied, I want to see. Now, again, physical sight. Mm-hmm. He said, I want to see, which means I would love to see my, my relatives, my family. We don't know if he had a family or his own marriage or kids, yeah. but he wants to see people he loves. He wants to be able to earn a, a living. Yeah. He wants to be considered a, uh, a part of the community. Maybe he wants to be able to read the scriptures. Maybe he just wants to see a beautiful sunrise or a sunset. Yeah. Uh, maybe he wants to see the walls come tumbling down in Jericho. <laughs> Good thing he can hear that great song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only, and I know this is not the same, so I don't mean to equate the two, but the only experience that I can, th- you know, we, we, we depend on our senses so much to take in the world. And I, I, I think, Sight is such an incredible gift, uh, and you and I are both fortunate enough to have good vision, and we can see. Well, I guess if I may pick up on that, sure. Last was right before COVID, so January, February of twenty twenty, I had cataract surgery. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One one week on one eye, and the following week on the other eye, and highly successful. But I, I saw colors. I, I can see texture that I couldn't see before. Yeah. And on gray winter days, uh, it, it reached the point where I was not driving anymore, mm-hmm. except maybe from home here. And then I was being extremely cautious. It's a mile and uh, 
four miles, but I was being very cautious because I had trouble. Uh, if a if a car did not have a headlight on, I could not see it. Yeah, I remember so, we talked about that. Yeah, so uh, having that restored is like a miracle. Mm-hmm. I want to see, but again, not just for myself. I wanted to see to be safer for everybody. Sure. Well, yeah. Again, being what we talked about last week a little bit, like being at service of others too, not just for yeah. not just for yourself. So he says, I want to see, and then what happens? Jesus says, go your way. Your faith has saved you. And guess what? Go your way becomes Jesus' way. Because it says that he followed him on the way. Yeah. So when Jesus says, go go home, no, he didn't say that. He said he didn't say, go back to Jericho, no. He, he says, go your way. And he followed him on the way. And the way is to Jerusalem. And what's going to happen in Jerusalem? The passion, death. The, the son of man is going to suffer and die. Yeah. And then something good happens after that. Spoil, yeah. Spoiler. It's called resurrection. Right. We, we, we know. You know this story. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, in some ways, you know, as we've gone through line, line by line on this, you see again and again this, in, these interactions with Jesus that Jesus calls and then there's an interaction between the two, and then he follows. And there's the, 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 there's always like three three steps: the call, the encounter, and the sending forth. Sure. And the sending forth is following because if even if I feel like I'm being sent forth to the mission of what even if the mission of your own family, yeah, you are following the the Lord who went to the mission. And really, even as you say that, that's mass. The call to come, the interaction in and, word and, and sacrament, and the sending forth. Very well said. I like that. All right. Well, I, see, I see what you mean. My name's Barabin, and this has been the 23 <laughs> Podcast. We'll see you guys next Have time. a great week.